0: best hero is Uh, Chadwick Boseman
1: Thank you to the fans. You made this movie special. You made this moment special uh, when Black Panther came out. Ryan Coogler and I wanted to make sure that we did a movie that everybody could embrace. So thank you so much for what you did. Receiving an award for playing a superhero is amazing. But it's even greater to acknowledge the heroes that we have in real life. So, I just want to acknowledge somebody that's here today, James Shaw Jr. Where are you, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) standing? You didn't even know we were about to do this, did you? Uh-uh. If you don't know James Shaw Jr., he fought off a gunman in Antioch, Tennessee at a Waffle House. He saved lives. Come on up here. Thank you, brother. So this is going to live at your house. It's going to live at your house.
2: All right, right. um, it is Wednesday, um, June 20th, 2018, um, I needed some positivity, I guess, to start off the show. Considering um, just the sheer nonsense we've been going through as a country, you know, let's let's be honest. We we live in the garbage country now. I don't, I don't even know what to tell you. It's just like it's just. I mean, it's it's you know, consider you know, the big news, of course. Ah, um, uh, these past few days have been. Uh, You know, basically Trump proving that not only does the country doesn't really care that much about Mexicans, they don't care much about Mexican children because they've been putting them in these uh, detainment centers and uh, just without their parents and everything and just... In Fox News, trying to make it seem like it's not a big deal. Laura Ingram talking about, oh, there's summer camps. I'm just like, but but can't you leave summer camps? You just dip out the summer camp when you don't feel like being at summer camp no more. But yeah, you know, it's just like summer camp. Just... Then there's a what a Corey. L- what the hell is Lewandowski, whatever his last name is, doing a whole want-one thing yesterday, which, which uh, you know, made him look like, made him look like a a, a white dude who don't care about minorities, basically. Just basically, that's 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 what made him look like. That's what that's what this whole thing made so many people look like. Just. So many white folk you know, that 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 uh, Senator Nelson lady that just you know just just more white folk who don't care about other and, and that's the problem with this country at this point. It's like with the United States of we don't really care about you. It's it's gotten to that point now. Just like I mean you, this is this is what happens when you elect somebody who who visibly who blatantly don't really care about. Anything else but himself and his his ego and just just you know coming off as some sort of uh, player with a with, with ugly orange hair and of course the the today um, made the executive order not to um, further. Uh, separate uh, f- uh, families across the border. I- I'm pretty sure this was, this was the plan all along, just to, you know, have that, you know, have all this uh, division going on, and then at the end of it, he'd sign something and just say, hey, you know, this is all my doing. This is like, I'm the one who put an end to this. Please obey me and everything and just like, it's gotten to the point where I'm just just tired of it all. I'm really just tired. I'm not in the mood to talk about any of this. To be honest with you, I was hoping some lady, I, some British lady I met in the bar was gonna come down here and we can uh, go back and forth. But I don't know where she's at. So, so at the moment, you got me talking about all this stuff. Uh, you know, just and and then like the old stuff with uh, him talking about uh, space. What the, what, the, what? Who cares about space anymore? Who cares? The only person I I think who cares still cares about space is Tom Hanks, and that's it. Nobody else cares about talking about a space force. I'm so tired of the space force. It's like you came up with a name, and and, and space force, it's like the worst seventies. Uh, sci-fi show slash uh, uh, Star Wars knockoff ever. Space Force. It's 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 so pitiful, and just because space is space is where it's at. Ugh, Jesus, space is where it's. He's literally turned into in a Dave Chappelle's uh, Black Bush character. You remember, yeah, just when he talked, to, yeah, talked about, you know, did that sketch about uh, Black Bush and everything, and just, and I mean, he's literally turned, he's literally turned into this guy. Just.
3: Mr. President, Mr. President, sir, how do you explain the continual upheaval in Iraq, even after the capture of Saddam Hussein? Why are you doing this, man? I thought you was my black brother. Why you asking me questions like that? Fine, I'll answer your stupid ass question. Here's how I feel about Iraq. I feel like you guys keep trying to distract people with Iraq when I'm focusing on other things, namely the moon. Yes, I said it, the moon. Can't be distracted. What's going on with the war? What's wrong with the economy? Stop worrying about that. I got that under control. Just focus on space, nigga. The United States of space. Cause I ain't stopping at the moon. Write so. this down. M A R S. Mars bitches that's where we are going Mars Red Rocks yay yay
2: he's literally Black Bush now is just talking about space and going up there and just can, can we can we deal with all the stuff happening here on earth that's like you backing out the UN because of whatever and just <sighs> My God, and just, like, just making Rachel Maddow cry on national TV and just having people drop out your own party because you're doing a horrible ass job. What the hell else? Uh, oh, yeah, Triple uh, X Tashione passed away. Uh, well, got gunned down. I believe on Monday and um, um, rest in peace. I mean just I'm I'm I hate to see uh, another uh, young dude die at the hands of uh, you know of of, of of violence and just getting uh gunned down in his prime but just like I, I'm I'm hating all all the like the X X touch Young fans who talk about how, you know, if he lived, he could have been like Malcolm X, because Malcolm X, he was a pimp and white beater, what women beater, whatever. He could have went on to do great things. He could have, but he also could have uh been uh, another Chris Brown, another uh lazy, trifling ass uh dude who just 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 rambling around, just acting ignorant for no damn reason he could have been that too so i was just like but uh yeah just yeah i it's because i, I kind of feel like um man you know just the when when i heard about him getting gunned down kind of felt like uh when uh george's fiancee died on seinfeld from looking at all those envelopes and he was like, uh, and the doctor told him, and he's just like, uh, okay. And then he told friends, it's like, uh, I guess, you know, she's dead, and I guess we gotta move on and stuff. But, I mean, just, uh, so. And I believe there's another, uh, uh, rapper that, uh, got guns, gunned down in Pittsburgh. Let's see if, uh, I believe his name is Jimmy Wapo. So I don't even know what they Yeah, Jimmy, yeah, it's this this uh yeah, Jimmy Wapo is this uh uh MC from somewhere uh who, who got gunned down the next day um after uh Tintashion's passing, so yeah, I don't know what the hell's going on. Just I'm getting getting scared about the, about all these young these young MCs just getting gunned down all of a sudden. Just we're we're like we're bringing that back. We're really bringing back uh, killing rappers. Really thought that was I honestly thought that thing we didn't have to worry about that anymore. But apparently we we got to now because uh, just rap just young rappers are, are are just dropping left and right. But it's just, um yeah, Beyonce and Jay Z dropped a new album during the weekend, and yeah, this is okay. I'm not really, not really bumping it. I mean, hey, they dropped an album because they're on tour, and they just want to just, I don't know, get more people to go to concerts or just subscribe to title, which I was not planning on doing just there's that two days when it was a title exclusive and I was just like, well, I guess I won't be listening to this, but then they moved it over to Apple Music and Spotify because they knew better. Oh damn i I really don't know what to tell you. I'm just tired. I'm just frustrated. I'm sorry this isn't uh me at my best. be honest when, when is it my best? I mean, do you guys know? because haven't been feeling things lately uh, Last Friday I got kicked out of an art gallery, the second art gallery I've been kicked out of for, for those of you paying attention. Uh, where was yeah it was near the heights and um, I was hanging out there there was like it was a gallery because uh, ga- the guy the person who ran the art gallery also provided the artwork. And, uh, like, uh, there's this guy, this bartender who they're, uh, mixing stolly drinks and everything. And there's this, uh, one woman there and I just rolled up to her and I said, Hey, I don't know. I'm wondering have times, uh, been hard for you because you kind of remind me of Sarah Huckabee Sanders. She looked just like Sarah Huckabee Sanders. I'm shocked that nobody's told. The funny part, she had no idea who Sarah Huckabee Sanders was, which was that was crazy because you, you, seriously, you did you had no idea. And I think her friends told her afterwards Sarah Huckabee Sanders, and that prompted the 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 the, the gallery owner slash artist, who by the way I forgot to mention, dressed uh, was covered in clown makeup. And had some kind of um, uh, very uh, colorful suit on. So not only was he, was he an artist on canvas, he liked to paint his face. He uh, called uh, two security guards who was working uh, the event. Called them over to escort me off the premises. Simply because I said that she looked like Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Like I was, I wasn't being belligerent. I wasn't being drunk. I was doing. I swear, I was not doing anything. I was just saying, "Hey, you kind of look like Sarah Huckabee Sanders." And dude, got security because they because he didn't know how this Negro would respond to this. He could have just said, "Hey." You know, you, you you insulted my friend. You gotta go, fam. But no, he you know his his clown makeup bozo looking ass uh, called uh, a white dude and a Hispanic dude over as I was talking to the DJ, this 19 year old DJ that that the dude had for the event. I was talking to him, and he pulled that. Hey, you gotta go, man. You know, there's is is like the the white dude the actually. There's no ifs ands or buts. It's been it's been set in stone. Like you gotta go. And I'm just like whatever. So. So yeah, just that that that's where I've been. Yeah, you know, it's funny because like I've been mean, like I said, I've been I've been tired, been frustrated, just been I've been out of it, and just I've been trying. To uh, I don't know I have been just trying to uh, get some get some stuff off my chest and uh lately I've just been I've just been listening to this these days uh, and may, may, maybe you you may, might have heard of it I don't know maybe let's, let's see yeah this, I may need to get I'm some really some crazy. frustration out so this
0: two time music
2: aggravated and everything
0: It does something to me Punch you in your face, moth moth, gotta knock it, get get it out Anytime hey, I come through, I got the here. If you want to smoke, ain't nothing we, we got to speak See you with that red flag, on, with that paper out. Put you in your face, moth moth, gotta got knock it out Anytime hey, I come through, I got the heat
2: So that's uh, pretty much what I've been listening to, and I want to thank Castanova for that lovely track, but um, we'll get into some more respectable stuff later, and uh, let's get well. I've been. Didn't think that would get me so long-winded. Damn, I'm old. This is the, uh, most, uh, flexible show on KPFT. This is the Sour Hour.
4: Bama, lama, lama, got a girl in the center. They call her the great pretenders. Got a girl. Go a little great pretender And when she talks She says bama lama bama never bama 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 Bama-Loo bama Bama-Lama, bama I take her to me one bama bama i <laughs>
5: Somebody out there Listen to my last bird How ah.
2: Is the sour hour aka everything is canceled? You're listening to that on KPFT HD 2, not 3, 2. Um, I am Craig D. Lindsay, aka Uncle Krizzle, aka Black Larry David, especially this week, Uh, aka Anastasia Bieberhausen, aka Fat Greasy, aka South Park Bureau Chief, and uh, you can listen to uh, you can you well first off, you can um, <clears throat> uh hit me up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, all those fun social media platforms at Uncle Krizzle. And if you want to let me know you're listening to this Godforsaken show, uh you can hashtag the sour hour on whatever social media platform you use. And uh You can listen to archived episodes of this show at uh, Mixcloud.com slash Uncle Crizzle. And uh, let me, I guess let me tell you about the uh, music uh, I just played. uh, Starting at the top with uh, Bama Lama Bama Lou. I believe that's a Little Richard song. Uh, that was performed by uh, Elvis Costello from his uh, Kojak Variety um, album that came out in the mid-90s. Uh, he did a bunch of uh, covers on that album, so i play that. And uh, after that, that was uh, State Trooper by none other than The Boss, Bruce Springsteen, from my my favorite Springsteen album, um, Nebraska, <laughs> an album I love simply because not only is it basically an album about uh people who uh go on uh homicidal rampages, um, he he, he kind of of lo- loners who go on homicidal rampages. Let me make that clear. But he but Springsteen he also recorded as though uh. He was a person about to go on a homicidal rampage. Just recorded in his, uh, in his bedroom on uh, was a four four track player, whatever, uh, uh, recorder or something like that. And just, and just recorded like that, and just did it. <laughs> it. It it's just an interesting album, and that's why I consider it one of my faves. And uh, after that. Uh, Run DMC, uh, with, uh, Beats to the Rhyme, uh, I believe one of my favorite, uh, Run DMC tracks, I believe that's from the Tougher Than Lever album, I just thought that would be, a a good, uh, track to play, mainly because the person, uh, we'll be, uh, talking to, uh, this evening, um... Well, I'll be talking to a person about another person who uh, is most is most likely a big fan of all those uh, artists that I just played, and uh, why don't I see if I get this person up on the FaceTime and see if we can start talking? So. Um, And the FaceTime failed, even though I told him, hey, I'll be contacting you on FaceTime. Let me try that again. Oh, hey. Hey. Hey, hey. finally got you. Yeah, I was, I, was, I was worried there for a minute. Sorry. That's cool. Uh, why don't you uh, introduce yourself to the people who are probably who are listening to this uh, probably accidentally.
6: Uh, my name is Steve Harush. I live in Nashville, Tennessee. And,
2: and, uh, uh, and I invite you here because you uh, edited. Uh, you are you a are an, uh, writer and you are a, uh, a documentarian. And uh, you have recently uh, edited a book of film writing uh, called uh, People Only Die of Love in Movies. Yes. Which is the film right. writing of uh one man, uh Jim Ridley. Mm-hmm. First off, welcome to the Sour Hour. And Thanks for having me. And um y- you know, peop uh people who are probably listening do not know that uh Jim Ridley holds a place in both of our hearts. Yes. Um let's start with you. Where did where did where did uh your relationship with uh, Ridley uh begin with you?
6: Um well, so when I came to Nashville, I was um, broke and unemployed and uh, somehow thought that writing for the local alt Weekly was a way out of that. <laughs> and um, so I, I uh, started just writing little stuff for the scene. Um, and uh, Jim was someone whose work I was already familiar with. Um, I had started reading him when uh, when I lived in Seattle and I knew I was going to be moving to Nashville. And um, So uh, from freelancer up until the time I've I got a staff position there at the scene. Um, he was just always uh, a presence in my life, and uh, and a mentor and a and a teacher, even even when he wasn't. <laughs> um, just who uh, who who taught me just so much, I'm not even sure where to start.
2: Well, um, I'll tell you. Um, well, i mean, well. It it started back way back. I mean, 11 years. Uh, for, uh, for me and Jim because um, uh, let's see, I, I started to read up on his stuff and uh, I um, through, through an interesting series of events, I, uh, I flew down to Nashville for a weekend to uh, introduce uh, a film that was playing at the, the Belcourt Theater's uh, uh, Film Noir Festival. Uh, mm-hmm. The taking of Pelham One Two Three, yeah, and um, we met. We met the night before because he was introduced a, uh, a screen of uh, Stanley Kubrick's *The Killing*, mm-hmm. and that was an entertaining evening. And we just got to know each other, and uh, like I, I knew of his work. And then when I got laid off uh, from my film critic job at a newspaper that shall not be named. Um, he was, he, he immediately contacted me and said, Hey, you want to review, uh, movies for the Nashville scene? And I thought, sure, of course. And just, uh, yeah. So I just, and that, uh, started a relationship where I, uh, reviewed movies for him and wrote about films for him. And it was, um, yeah, it was, it, 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 it was one of the, uh, more, um, fruitful relationships I've had with with an editor. Yeah. And I guess we should point out that why we're talking about him in the past tense was because a couple of years ago, he, uh, passed away from a heart attack at age 50, Yes, which really, uh, hit a lot of people, myself included. And, um, but, uh, uh, this this book that's uh, coming, out, which, which is coming out tomorrow, is it? Uh, yes. People yes. only yes. die of love of uh, love in movies, uh, from Vanderbilt uh, University Press. Um, this is a collection of his uh, film reviews and a lot of his film writing and other things. And uh, you are the person that was that was in charge of editing all of that. How did you come about uh, uh, taking that assignment?
6: Um, well, you know, after Jim died, all of us were just really in shock. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think everyone, uh, everyone in his circle, um, knew that there needed to be a book of his work and, um, but you know, people are busy and, uh, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think a couple of months passed and, um, uh, Margaret Rankle, who is, uh, she edits, a a, a literary website, called chapter 16 um and she's also a new york times columnist but uh we had lunch and we were, it was really just to catch up and at some point in the meal she said you know um you know everyone when jim died everyone said there there has to be a book of his work and i said i agree and she said well no one has stepped up so are you going to step up <laughs> and uh Margaret's not someone i like to say no to and um and I just felt like I was, at that point, I was in a position where I had some time to work with, um, and I felt like if, if no one else has the time, um, I owe it to Jim to do this.
2: Yeah, it, it kind of uh, threw me back how, uh, you know, I believe it uh, goes about like uh, 245 pages, and it uh, encompasses um, or summarizes I believe like uh like over 20 years of work like 20 25 years of work so yeah. you know I mean did you, did you did you feel that like a much uh, smaller volume would be much more uh digestible <laughs> as opposed to because I know you like went through a lot of stuff that he wrote over yeah. the, throughout the years and just
6: Yeah um the, there, there was part of me that, you know, I really, I, I went back and forth. The, the press gave me a word count limit, basically, um, which I, I, I came very close to uh, in, in the first draft of the manuscript. Um, part of me felt like I just didn't know if there was going to be another shot to do a Jim Ridley book. And going through the archives, there was just so much good stuff. I just felt like, you know what? They gave me a word count. I'm going to use every last word that I can. <laughs> because because uh, I just really felt the work uh, merited that um, and uh, and then one of the one of the reviewers, uh, Jennifer Fay, who's a who runs the cinema program at Vanderbilt, um, said, you know there basically there could stand to be some more women directors represented in the uh, in the reviews um, and uh, I said, you know what point taken And I uh, went back and thought, yeah, and the the press said, yeah, we'll give you some more, we'll give you some more room to work with, basically. Um, so I was able to um, go back and and add uh, some more reviews that I, I had cut for space uh, originally, um, and uh, so anyway, that's a long answer to your question. But um, yes, I thought it might be more digestible in a shorter format. But I also just felt like I I, I wanted to include as much as I possibly could because I wanted to show off. Uh, his range, you know, because he, yeah. he could write about anything.
2: Yeah. Yeah, one of the things um, uh, which always, uh, e- even when he was around and just didn't read his stuff, I, I didn't, it's, I can't I, be honest, I didn't, I tried not to read most of his stuff, like, you know, especially when I would re- see something or review something that he mm-hmm. did. Because he's, oh, he's one of those guys, he was one of those guys that made me feel like I wasn't doing enough of a good job <laughs> as a film critic. And even in reading the book, it just you just get blown away at the fact that here's this guy in Nashville in Nashville who has the, he could have written for The New Yorker. And considering everything that's happened this past week with Anthony Lane, <laughs> yeah. like maybe it would have been a good idea like they have somebody <laughs> like Ridley uh yeah. reviewing movies and but it's just like just he he had such a an intelligence about him not just as a writer but just in in throwing in different things of uh you know cross referencing uh yeah. movies and television and music and books and history and just yeah just the fact that you know he could encompass that uh and just write it in, in a in a in a alt weekly in nashville
4: mm-hmm.
2: like, yeah you know was there was there a sense that you know he could have was there people who were like trying to poach him oh yeah and, and he was oh, yeah. and he was just like nah nah fam i'm'm I'm, I'm i'm gonna stay here in nashville
6: yeah i mean i uh i mean there there were i i don't know if anyone asked him to like move from Nashville for a job. Exactly. Although I I wouldn't be surprised if, if uh, there were people who thought of that, but I mean, um, as, as Noel Murray mentioned in the, um, in the post he wrote, uh, right after Jim died for, for Balder and Dash on Roger Ebert's site, he, you know, he said that, I mean, Noel came on a recruiting trip basically and tried to get Ridley to write for the dissolve when the dissolve was around. Yeah. And, um, and it was, this was before it had launched. And they wanted him. They really wanted him. And uh, Jim was like, yeah, I'm too busy with the scene. I'm I'm where I want to be. Um, and as you know, many people, many people would have uh, would have taken that job without without blinking.
2: Well, you know, it seemed that he probably he, he kind of knew something that nobody else did because, of course, this dissolve, is dissolved. Yeah, that's true. And so he's just still in, in Nashville, it's, but it's, it's also a reminder how, yeah, you know, I can. And, and speaking for somebody who lives, who have lived in the South, who lived in North Carolina, who lived here, trying to convince people that there are good writers, yeah, within the United States. It's not just in the on on the on the on, on the coasts, yeah. and just. Uh, like when there's a guy who could uh who could write the way he did and but he he's up in Tennessee proves that you know you can find there are uh really talented people all over yeah. the place just looking for chances to to just you know, show how how well they can they can write
6: yeah yeah I mean I would love um you know if if there's a if there's another sort of small side effect of the book, other than uh, introducing more people to Jim's work, introducing or spreading the idea that you know there are writers all over, maybe in places you didn't think to look for them, you know, who've yeah. been really good work.
2: I mean, you, you, even with you, because I've been, uh, yeah, I've followed. I've been following your work and just reading. I mean, you've written for the New York Times. You writ, you wrote about Ridley uh, for the Atlantic. Uh, yeah. There's decent. Uh, you you go all around around. I mean, uh, one of my favorite pieces uh, you've done. You wrote about you because you are uh, a husband and a father. You wrote about how uh, uh, a baby born is the most manless thing you own. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you find it difficult as a as a as a writer to uh, to convince people that hey, just because. I mean, you you still live in Nashville. I do. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, find if if hard to convince people, hey, you know, I'm 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 turning good stuff over here. Maybe, you maybe, know, you know, we got we got a, a nice little talent pool around here. Maybe you should pay attention to us.
6: Um it's not as hard as it used to be. I mean, I I've, I've been really lucky. You know, I I I can I can say um they you know, they published me in the New York Times once, and that 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 helps uh that helps. Um and I, I think also Nashville has has changed a lot. Its reputation has really come up a lot from when Jim started writing. Mm-hmm. You know, when when in the late '80s and early '90s, if you think Nashville doesn't have the the cachet of New York and L.A. now, you know, think about <laughs> think about Nashville's cachet back then. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it was most non-existent um so I, I think you know the last few years uh nashville has had this reputation as sort of a, sort of a city on the rise and, and, and a, a bit of buzz around it some, some of it's superficial but um you know I don't, I don't think it's it's quite uh the handicap as it as it once was but but i would say still in, in in a lot of ways for uh for film and art stuff it is i think sometimes it's harder to make the case when you're in the south yeah, that you're on top of stuff, you know, and that you have the chops.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, let's get back to uh, Ridley. and uh, n- another thing I want to talk about, like we've been talking uh, talking about him as a critic and as as a writer, but um, as an editor, just oh yeah, that's I mean, uh, just it's it's one of those things where just like it 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 saddens me uh, so how. I I I haven't you know well it's just just when you have cool editors like Ridley, who uh you know who understands you as a not just as a writer just 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 you know understands who you are as a person, Mm -hmm. and just works with you I I mean just there have been times when I had to turn I had two reviews to turn. It back back in the go days when people let me uh write uh two reviews at a time for them and he uh you know and I was stuck. I just I didn't know what to do. And it would be like a Monday night at like one thirty in the morning and I like I had to turn all both of these in at the next the next day and I just didn't know what to do and I would just eat finally email Ridley and I'd say hey man, I don't I don't I'm stuck, man. I don't know what to say about anything and just he he would call me up and talk me through it and I would under I would know what to do after I talked to him. And it's just like and I don't have that anymore with anybody. It's just just, just to have that that nurturing kind of relationship with uh with an editor is just it's, you know, it's, it's it's one of the things that I miss so much about him. And yeah. was, and also he's a person who, uh, would go over your copy and just, um, you know, add make things better, not just structurally, but add in a line or so that would just, uh, bring the piece out. And I, I, I don't know about you, but there'd be times when somebody would tell me about a line I had in the mo I had in the review, <laughs> and. Say, oh man, that that line was so good, and I would have to tell him, yeah, Ridley threw that in. He, he added <laughs> that, and just has that ever happened to you? Just
6: oh yeah, yeah, it, it's it's happened to all of us, and th- not only that, but it was it was always like it, it was it was never something that he just invented out of thin air. Like it was there. The idea was the setup for it was there, and what mm-hmm. you had re- written already. Um, so even when he did insert the best line of your piece in there. Like he did it. He he built it from what you had already laid out. And so it didn't feel like that's why people would, would compliment you and not say, Oh, did Ridley put that line in? Right. Because it made sense in your piece. It made sense for your piece because he understood your piece better than you did. Um, and, and so like those, those little additions that, uh, that all of us have gotten, uh, from him. Um, they they became part of the work and th- and they weren't imposed on the work. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah. Well, I just well, I mean, I'm just thinking about how I mean in reading the book. And one of the things that uh, that made me want to write for him. uh Oh, I lost you. Wait, or did you lose? Hello, you there? Yeah, I'm back. Okay. Uh, well, one of the things that made me want to write for him, um, was the fact that of course the yeah, the Bell Court was uh, oh Jesus. A poor connection. Wait, just wait. Are you there, Steve? What's going on? Things are getting extremely choppy. Yeah,
6: you're. uh, Yeah. Okay. I'm. I'm. I'm, I got you back.
2: All right, you got me.
1: Yeah.
2: All right. Well, I mean, oh, here we go. All right, here we go. Uh, one of the things that um, I uh, you you lost. Oh, we. I'm am I'm, I'm getting to a really dramatic point right here. Wait, are you, are you okay? Yeah, let me try. Let
6: me try something real quick.
2: Okay. Trying something. You got me? Yeah, I got you. i I still got okay. you over here. All right. All okay. right. I think we're good. Okay. Well, I mean, one of the things that I. That maybe to write for him was fact. Of course, like the Belcourt was a theater, is a theater that uh, plays a lot of uh, repertory films and revival films and everything. So you could, as as he does, uh, he he does in the book he writes about a lot of uh, older films that have played there, and I and I would uh, write about uh, those you know uh, older films as well, and just he gave you space. To write not about the new films and whatnot, just he he gave you the opportunity to write about uh, films that uh that <laughs> older films that you may want to uh, have uh uh have you know a a have an opinion or perspective on, and he just in just it seemed like that was a thing he really wanted. Uh, to be a part of in the film section of Nashville scene where it just wasn't about the new movies. It'd be about the old films as well to make it about uh, a a section that really uh, talked about, you know, film, not just in the present, but in the past as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you, did you get any of that, man? Steve, Uh,
6: most of it,
2: most of it, I don't know, I don't know what's going on with the poor connection here, but I just like talking about how just I mean, was it was there a a point with you where just like uh, talking about uh, films of yesteryear that you uh, like felt would uh, be notable in the scene?
6: Uh, I'm really sorry about the connection. <laughs> I missed the most important part of your sentence again. Um, I, I, if you're asking about like um, sort of being able to being him trusting us, yeah, um, to write even even stuff that wasn't um, just of the moment, yeah, um, and you know it's funny. I I, I just. I'd never worked for another paper before, so I just thought this is how everyone's film section was.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, Sadly, it isn't.
6: Yeah, yeah. So, like, um, so in retros- in retrospect, seeing just his dedication to to film history and, um, not just film, but 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 anything when there was a when there was a peg of any kind, uh, no matter how flimsy, to talk about the history of the city, to talk about the history of of a band that was uh, important 15 years ago and whose influence was still felt uh in in ways that would only be obvious to someone who was really paying attention um yeah all of those things any any opportunity to sort of deepen the story of the place uh on the in the pages of the scene um you know uh he was uh, he was just really brilliant at that at, at, at cre- not only creating those opportunities for other people, but for sort of, for, you know, guiding us to, to the stuff where we could really do our best work. Yeah. Um, Yeah.
2: Like the things I, I managed to get past him. Well, just, I wouldn't say get past him just like stuff. I remember I wrote a review about a, a, a Marlon Brando documentary and i referenced this old uh 90s uh new jack swing song by christopher williams yeah and it and got in yeah like he like he just uh, like i it's, it's like you people have to understand like when you do something that obscure especially that obscure and uh, almost uh, uh just racially specific <laughs> Uh, you know, a lot of people be like, I don't think our audience, our audience would understand that, or the readers would understand that, and just, and just, you know, he he he, you know, he trusted you, he trusted you as a writer, and um, I mean, it's 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 messed up how I keep going back to just like, like he was really good, he was really good at his job as as a critic, as a writer, but also as an editor and and also just as a decent human being it's funny how the, the Mr Rogers documentary is out now yeah and yeah. it kind of you know, I'm, in a way just makes me feel that uh jim was uh was Nashville's Mr Rogers in a way somebody who yeah. was kind and decent and just was 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 selfless and more about helping others more than himself and just mm-hmm. Yeah, for
6: sure. Yeah, I think uh, uh, nationalist Fred Rogers is a pretty good description.
2: Yeah, and if if anything, it makes me—I mean, it's bad enough I envied him in life, but I still envy him in death, because like all this, you know, with the stuff you've written and just No. Murray and other people have talked about him just being this, 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 this open, cordial, likable person. Who just always was uh, just very open and and just didn't you know always had a at a at a at a a friendly sunny disposition and just was always ready to to, just and just everybody liked him and just it just that is so the opposite of how I roll. (laughs) Just just be I have uh, I have so much trouble just being a. Just, just, just walking outside, just communicating with people, and just like uh you know, he's it, just even in, in 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 hearing about all this stuff. I just like I'm just I marvel, and just how did he do it? How did he just, you know, slap on that smile and deal with just all the stuff that's out there now? I mean, just yeah, you know, just out there when he was around.
1: Yeah
6: yeah it's um i i still don't know how we did it um I, I hope a little bit of it rubbed off on me but you know i'm also not i'm not uh, I, i'm not my my first uh, inclination isn't always the cheeriest so um. um so i i also i you know a lot of times people who are um who are pleasant and nice uh try to enforce that in other people and you know, like Jim just let me be crabby and, and unhappy when I was unhappy um and uh and sort of just let me you know just kind of punch myself out you know in a way yeah. like um and, and and he was so patient that way and it's not like it's not like he you know Jim would never tell you to smile yeah um even though that was his response to things uh, was to try to was try to to try to cheer people up, but he would never tell you how to feel about anything. Mm -hmm. Um, and I I think that's, you know, that's the, that's the thing that still, um, stays with me is just how patient he was with me in, in many, through many times when I don't think that I really deserved his patience.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Same here. But, uh, just, uh, well, I mean, uh, Book comes out tomorrow. I believe there's also a um, release par- uh, a book release party in Nashville. Yes. At what is it? cafe? What is it? It's Casa
6: Asafron. Casa Asafran. Uh, yeah, down on Nolensville Pike.
2: Okay, so for all y'all listening Nashville, in Nashville, uh, and that's that's gonna happen. What time is it? At six thirty. Six thirty. And how can people contact you if they want to, you know, want to know about you and everything?
6: Um, you can. Uh, I'm on Twitter, just Steve Haruch. That's my name's S T E V E, H A R U C H. Um, my email is on my Twitter account. Um, you could go to steveharuch.com. That contact info is there too. Um, also, if anyone's going to the uh, the uh, Ann conference in July in San Diego, we're gonna do a little yeah. film uh, criticism panel there, and sort of uh, in in Jim's honor.
2: Yeah. And you're also on 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 Instagram as debris field for some reason <laughs>
6: yeah that's a long story yeah
2: that, that's that that sounds like it but uh yeah I could talk I could talk to you and talk to you about Jim forever but I guess I gotta go now but uh thank you very much for uh taking part in this uh good luck with everything man
6: thank you thanks for having me on it's good talking to you
2: all right Have a good night thanks bye anyway. bye all right, that was uh, Steve Rush uh, about the book People Only Die of Love in Movies, Film Writing by Jim Ridley. Please, you know, seek that out if you want to just read good film criticism and, every, and everything. But uh, I got to go. Next week will be a repeat, and maybe I'll come back the following week. Who could tell? But uh, until then, this is Craig D. Lindsay saying, Sarah. Sarah Huckabee, just quit. It's it's gotten to the point now. Just quit. You everybody knows you want to quit. Just quit. And then you can come over here and uh just you know, you know, we can hang out and I can I can pour honey on your ass. Or something like that. Anyway, I gotta go. Bye.